0: to Aligned Mama Podcast. We're your hosts, Samantha Kapstick and Nikki Trout. And we're partnering
1: up because we know motherhood is hard. Like
0: really, really hard. <laughs> really hard. <laughs> Get ready to equip yourself with practical tips and strategies to tackle daily trials along with insights from expert guest speakers and relatable stories from other moms just like you.
1: Join us weekly for advice, inspiring stories, and a supportive community of moms navigating the joys and challenges of motherhood together.
0: Welcome back to Align Moms. Today is episode five, and we are talking with Katie about the behind the scenes of infertility and the struggles that go along with that. All right, so Katie, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself?
2: Hi, I'm Katie Dorsch. Um, My husband and I have been married for almost nine years. It'll be nine years uh, at the end of this month. Um, We run a grilling accessories company, Grillaholics.com. We've been doing that for almost 10 years together um we got started you know on our honeymoon actually we launched um from the beach <laughs> that was oh, a awesome. fun experience <laughs> that was a fun experience to do together mm-hmm. um, but yeah we were both uh, able to leave our full-time jobs and start this new adventure together
0: awesome okay so why don't
2: you just go ahead and dive into your story so Devin and i have been trying to uh, get pregnant for the last seven plus years. Um, my journey started way back in 2015. I knew right from the beginning that we would need help. Um, and don't ask me why, but I think it was probably something to do with the fact that my mom had several miscarriages and uh, my older sister actually struggles from, from what they call secondary infertility. Um, I don't know if either of you have heard from that, but it was like, she got pregnant right off the bat, you know, with her first one, super easy. Um, and then it took four or five years for her to get pregnant with her next one. Um, that was the first time she had heard of it too. So I just figured we would need some help. Um, so we started seeing a fertility specialist and, um, right from the beginning, he pushed IVF super, super hard. And I was just like, well, I, I'd love to go the natural route. I'm willing to do, you know, treatments and things like that. And um, he was not a very kind man. It was just kind of like he was there for, you know, patting the numbers. <laughs> His goal was to get women pregnant really quickly. And then, you know, next. Yeah. So <clears throat> we actually... We saw him for just six months before he told us that there was nothing he could do to help us. Mm -hmm. Um, I had actually gotten some pretty devastating news the last month I was there that, you know, they do all those mobility tests for the sperm and, you know, they have us go home and be together and come back and um, they do these tests and um, all the specimens that they, all the samples were, you know, dead and mm-hmm. so it, it, within 30 minutes 45 minutes and um what he ended up telling me was i had a hostile environment mm-hmm. that could not be helped so idf was my only option mm-hmm. um so this was
1: more on your end and not your husband's
2: yes wow. yeah how did you take that um mm-hmm. it was pretty hard um it was actually one of those things where like you know, those movies where you're like, this is all my fault. and the, But it's actually how I felt. Like, we're not going to have a family, and it's going to be my fault. Yeah. Wow. Um, you know, Devin is an only child, so, like, the line really does stop with him. And so I was just like, great. You know, like, we're not going to have this legacy. Um, they talked me into a procedure that I had – Beforehand, not really wanted to do. Um, it's called an IUI, and we did it four times, and it was unsuccessful. And it's kind of crazy because after each round of IUI, I would just cry the whole way home and beg God for it to not work. <sighs> as much money as we were paying to do it, I just, I literally have this vision in my head of how I want my family to be here. And I knew that that's not how I wanted it. Um, Now, this is not me saying that there's anything wrong with other people who choose that route or IVF. It was like God put something in my heart and I knew I didn't want to go outside of his will. Um, And I did, I compromised and I knew each time I did it, I was giving up a little piece of me and the seed that he put inside of me to start my family. And literally my husband would just <laughs> be looking at me on the way home like, Why are you crying? And I said, What if this works? He <laughs> <And laughs> was great. like, that's the goal. <laughs> and I just knew I'd go I would say, Well, but I would always know that like this baby got here, not how God wanted.
1: And it's like, now,
2: I don't know, God wants every baby here and everybody has a different story, but I knew that that was not my story. So, you know, we, we kind of forgot the doctor situation. We, we stepped back for a year or two. We quit trying altogether. I kind of washed my hands of it. Um, I started seeing like a natural doctor, um, And I told her, you know, that my hostile environment was uncurable to which she laughed and put me on a green juice (laughs) and made my hostile uterus unhostile (laughs) after three weeks. Did it work? (laughs) Well, I mean, like, so what was happening was it was my body was too acidic. is what they were saying. And there was no way for them to stop it. Mm -hmm. And she was like, that is just ridiculous. And we could, we did test strips and and things like that. So we knew that the test had worked. We knew that the, you know, drinks and stuff that I was doing worked. Um, they put me on a treatment plan and I was getting acupuncture and all this natural stuff. And you know, Oh, in six months you'll be pregnant. And it was like $3,000. Insurance didn't cover a single penny of it. Um, well, that was five years ago. (laughs) And you know, we've done all the things and we've done all the tests and I've done all the surgeries and every single time it's like, we don't, we can't find anything. You have a textbook uterus, your, your, you know, tubes are not blocked. And it's like, Something's wrong. (laughs) Something has to be wrong. It doesn't take people seven years to get pregnant. Mm -hmm. Um, But my husband, and he's so faithful, he'll say, how many more doctors do you need to see to get the same exact result? There's nothing wrong with you. And they keep telling you that. So maybe it's just not your time.
1: I know um, you're very faithful and you've been throughout this. So can you walk
2: us through your faith journey through all of it? Sure, it comes and goes. <laughs> um, some days are harder than others. I've literally been on the bathroom floor crying and screaming and yelling at God. Um, but our amazing pastor, Eric, at Element Church, has told us to take all of your anger out on him, that he's big enough and he can take it. Yeah. Um, I mean, really, where else should you take it besides the foot of the right. cross. Exactly. Um, it's just, I mean, it's been a bumpy journey. There's been times where I've completely pulled back and didn't go to church at all. Um, there's been times that that's the only thing keeping me through it, to which I have these post-it notes all over my house with Bible verses that literally are only Bible verses about Hannah mm-hmm. or, right. yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. That and it's like, I needed the encouragement but, I mean, it is an up-and-down journey, and it was, it has never been just this straight, I've never lost my faith, but it has gotten shaky.
0: Okay, so, um, when we do these, we like to help others that have family members that are going through this, or your friends, um, so, can you share with us, like, some of the things that, like, You should not say to someone going through this, because I'm sure you have a ton. (laughs) And then also things that you wish your friends and family would have done
2: more of, whether like to show up for you. Sure, so um, I'm just gonna share a story, kind of a personal story. Um, So Devin and I had been trying for like four years, I think at the time, and my younger sister got um, married and she got pregnant on her honeymoon. And she told everyone in the family, except for me, because she knew I would probably need a little comfort. Devin was out of town. Um, so I remember he comes in town, I'm cooking dinner and I get a phone call and she just said, Hey, we're going to have a baby. I blacked out. I don't remember anything after that. I fell to the floor. I woke up in Devin's arms and I didn't know I'd take it that badly. Um, you know, and he said, i I knew you would take it bad. And I just kind of went, you knew everybody knew except for me, but then I reacted badly and I was the bad guy, wow. right? Like, oh, Katie needs to be happy for us. Mm-hmm. And shame on Katie for making this about her. Did you hear that from other people or like, through the grapevine? Or were you supposing that they were thinking that? Oh, no, that was firsthand. Um, wow. it, was, it was just – so what had happened was I kind of just took a step back and said to everybody – I just need some time to process this. I love you. I'm super happy for you growing your family. I just need a minute. Mm -hmm. And at the time, that was apparently the the wrong answer. Um, Oh, shame on you. This is a joyous occasion. And my gosh, it is. Um, But unfortunately, both of these things were happening at the same time. And I wanted to be in a place where when I congratulated my sister, I meant it Mm -hmm. right where it was like, I don't want to make this about me, but if I go to her, I will be angry. Mm -hmm. And so I needed that space. Um, And so, you know, I think from that, I'd like to share with people, like if you need to not go to a friend's baby shower for a season, do it. It's okay. Um, maybe not live there in that moment and unpack and be angry and bitter, but it's also, you know, you don't want to (laughs) share negative towards them either, you know? So for somebody that hasn't gone through this,
1: what would your advice be? So from the outside perspective, it looks like you're just being angry or not being celebratory. Like everyone expects you to be but what I see is unpacking this is, is, there's so much trauma involved. So can you shed some light on that
2: perspective? Yeah, I think they don't understand that. <clears throat> it's hard not to like this. Like I said, it's happening like I can be happy for her, but also be thinking about the grief
1: mm-hmm. in
2: my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is, it's hard, um, And it is traumatic.
1: Well, I think um, you had mentioned when we were just talking before recording the podcast, you had mentioned like the day-to-day or the month-to-month. Can you imagine each month going in with an expectant heart? Could you follow up with what you were sharing there? Because that really touched me hard. Again, I I see it as it's traumatic for somebody going through this, you know, and it's your heart's desire, most obviously, and for most women it is. But give us the day-to-day or the month-to-month at least with,
2: with how difficult this is. Um, there have been different seasons. I think now I'm in a really good place, but like when I was in the thick of grief, I remember being at the grocery store and having to ditch my cart full of groceries because I saw a mom with a big old belly pushing a cart with, you know, a two-year-old and a four-year-old. And it was just like, Anger and hate, and you go through a lot of like, why not me?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Especially because at that, I was at the grocery store and I hear her, you know, whining to her three year old, like, stop it, you know, I told you be good, or, and I have no idea what kind of day they were having either, but I, it was just one of those things where it was like, I would be better, I would be a better mother yeah. in that yeah. moment, you know, yeah. and All these things and then you get to your car and you cry it out and then you think to yourself I'm a really awful person for thinking about somebody else you know you and I think that we always compare Mm -hmm. our lives to other people which I mean the Bible says comparison is the state of all joy it really Mm -hmm. is Um, you know like my sister starting her family has nothing to do with me starting my family you know I just go well I deserve to start a family
0: You know, like, well, I've
2: been married longer. Um, I think I'd like to share with people that it's just, you know, their patience. You know, just take time and patience for, you know, your friends or family that are going through this. Um, One thing that I've noticed is a lot of my friends who um, have kids, I'm kind of starting to feel like now they're in a life. Like a part of like a different season than I am now I've outgrown them they've outgrown me now they're in the thick of motherhood Mm -hmm. and I kind of feel lost Mm -hmm. you know it's like all my sisters are raising their kids together all my friends are raising their kids together and I'm not Mm -hmm. um but that's that's okay that's just the season of life I'm in um you know, but at the same time, what what ends up happening, and maybe not for everyone, is I'm starting to get phone calls from my friends that want to know if I can babysit, and I think that they're like, "Oh, she wants to be a mom. We'll let her. Be, we'll let her be a mom on a Friday night," <laughs> you know. And it's like, no, no, no. I miss my friends, right? Like, oh, you guys are gonna go out without me. This kind of sucks.
0: You know, so
2: it's just a different season and just learning to process. But, you know, there's like this group that you're putting together. I think that there's a place for every woman. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is actually a really great place for me to share uh, this quote that I had randomly seen it on Facebook. And um, I shared it. And um, my OB at the time had reached out and told me that it profoundly changed the way he practices medicine Mm -hmm. and the way he um, approaches women going through infertility. Um, It says, when God made woman, he made her to bring forth new life. Yes, he made her to birth children. But when God made woman, he made her heart fertile as well. It is in the heart of a woman that dreams and visions are born. It is in a woman's heart that she makes plans for a future. I might dare say the soft ground of a woman's heart is the most fertile thing about her.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: You know, he just shared that it was like, so I'm already a woman. Mm -hmm. I'm already a mother. Mm -hmm. God put this vision of motherhood on my heart. He just hasn't fulfilled that dream yet. Mm -hmm. That's
0: where I'd like to share part. I know that everyone's not called to adoption, um, but my daughter is adopted, and she's absolutely amazing. Um, And recently, Nikki asked me, uh, you know, do you have any difference? Because I do have two biological children um, that I birthed and then um our adopted daughter and she's like is there a difference in God and I was like absolutely not like oh my gosh I just could cry and I just love her so much I'm so thankful God gave me her and I feel so honored and it feels different too like um I don't know how to explain it into words but me and Jonathan both talk about it like almost like oh this is (laughs) I wouldn't say more secret or anything but like because she was giving to, like, you know, we feel this calling to um, make sure that we instill everything into her and just, and the same, you know, we do that with our boys, too, and also that she's a girl. My husband always talks about, like, you know, pouring into her, uh, filling that goal, because it's so important, um, but I just wanted to share that as someone who um, has had goals that they're other than that first nine months, that there's absolutely no difference at all. There's no love. It's just like my heart, like, instantly, you know, created that. <laughs> she's amazing. in the same
2: way like she is so, like she was always meant to be yours yes yeah, so <laughs> yeah. my
0: heart just was like our hearts love each other um but I feel like she was just my closest bond when she was even as a baby and then now um she's so good at being in tune to my like she knows right away if mommy is upset even if I don't have a physical <laughs> sign of it or she's like mom what's wrong and I'm like man your dad didn't even know like <laughs> how are you so good at this so i just wanted to stick that in there i know that's not for everyone um but maybe someone's watching this or listening to this and is like on that line of should i adopt or shouldn't i but you're wondering like would i love it the same or would it feel the same like and i'm just you know absolutely 100 percent. it's other than that first nine months you know um, but I always say that she was my best pregnancy on the body. <laughs> <laughs> She's the easiest to lose the
1: baby thank you for that. And I know that's very special. And I know firsthand too seeing you all and you guys have such a great bond. So Katie, um with that said, I know the elephant in the room is or people from the outside, they're maybe thinking, well, why not adopt if it's been X many years? So what is um, what do you, what do you say
2: regarding that? Sure. Devin and I talk about it. Okay. I talk about it. He listens (laughs) sometimes. (laughs) Um, We have a a plan. Devin is a planner. He is um, very high D driven and he's, you know, very methodical. So he needs a plan with everything. Um, So he's always said, um, embrace yourselves because it's a hard pill. If we're 50 and still don't have children, we can look at it up. Oh to which I say, if I'm 50 and we haven't had children, I'll just be someone's grandma. Yeah. Um, I was, but, you know, in, in all seriousness, I I just leave it open to God. So, I mean, maybe I should talk about the fact that I think at the beginning I did talk about how. You know, God's plan, I'm not sure what it is. Mm -hmm. Um, I told you that we kind of went outside of his plan. It's kind of crazy the way God works because I can't tell you what his plan is, Mm -hmm. but I know what it's not. That's good. Um, Because I could feel it, right? Mm -hmm. There was this tug. There was this, I knew what we were doing was not how my family was supposed to be here Mm -hmm. for me. Yeah. And like, Devin is an only child, and I think maybe that plays a role into him having an obstacle with adoption. I'm not sure. Um, I did share with your mom and dad at dinner a few weeks ago um, that I did feel called um, to adopt an entire family. Wow. Um, Wow. I said, if we got to the point where we are actually entertaining adoption, I would want it to be a situation where three or more kids, you know, needed a stable environment where, you know, they, no one else wanted them or would separate them. Um, that's something that's always been, you know, like yeah. mm-hmm. that I've entertained. Devin will have to come around to that. I guess. <laughs> um, but, you know, we've talked about it because I think that maybe it, 50 plus a baby might be a little bit hard Mm -hmm. but a family of middle schoolers might not be so difficult and you know we do we have a loving home and we have some space and you know we could have that you know environment for them but I don't discount adoption uh for right now I'd really like to be pregnant I'd like to experience all of, you know, being pregnant and swollen ankles and morning sickness, because I'm nuts, um, and a home birth. <laughs> Actually, the people that we bought our house from, she did a home birth. Um, and it's just, like, I feel connected to that. Um, I'm like, oh, well, our house has already endured it once. What, <laughs> what's, what's the harm in doing it again? Um, but, yeah. I love that
1: um i just want to encourage you to today katie you know with my daughter's cancer situation and i know like you said sometimes my faith through that situation i felt like i was at the top of the mountain nothing could come between me and my faith in god and like my complete knowing that he was going to produce what you know like really heal her and beyond but then there's sometimes i felt like i was hanging from a cliff with my pinky just barely hanging on Um, But when we read the scriptures, and you know this, like when we read the scriptures, and not just the Hannah story, but our faith in God, it's just like your goals in life. If they're not laughable, if your faith isn't laughable, then why even, you know, our God is a big God. He's a huge God. He created the heavens and the earth and all in it, and he wants to take care of us. And if we who are evil give good gifts to our kids, how much more to him? Just like you say, you have it out with him uh directly because you know even pastor eric said you should and i believe we should too um so i you know i you know feel like you're on this journey for a purpose and a a, you know something that is teaching you to provide and and to do something for his kingdom and we're going to pray for you after we get Mm -hmm. off the podcast but keep continuing that faith laughable faith somebody told me this and i i don't know if you've ever done something like this but this happened two different times Um, with fellow uh folks at my church but there was one lady that um befriended a couple that couldn't um, have children and she basically like bought them a diaper and she said first you're gonna ask the prayer one time and then you're gonna like lift up that diaper in the mirror every day and thank god until that baby's in that diaper and sure enough you know um those folks had a child and of course that was after a long period that was after almost like all hope had gone yeah and then somebody else told me a similar thing with Sadie. They, they're they like, don't don't plant the seed prayer. Don't say, hey, like, Lord, please heal her and, and bring her vision back. And then re-dig it up every day and re-ask and re-ask, dig it up, re-ask. They say plant the seed and thank him every single day until it happens. Because, again, God wants uh, – there's something, like, when we um, just say God's sovereign, we're going to, you know, his will be done, and then we turn around and walk away. Yeah, that's great trust, and that, that's a beautiful thing, I will say. But Jesus said to ask. Mm-hmm. So God's sovereign, his will will be done, and Jesus said to ask. Mm-hmm. And so if you, we follow that, um, you, I think that's the, the playbook. And mm-hmm. so, and, and you can't ha- ask and have faith if you don't actually
2: believe, right? He also mm-hmm. reminds us. To remind him mm-hmm. he tells us to remind him wow. of the promises yeah. right it's beautiful um and one last thing like sorry to interrupt it just yeah. reminded me that um, I can be thankful for my infertility because without it I would not have this relationship with God yeah. it is literally what brought me to him because we tried everything without him mm-hmm. except him mm-hmm. Right, oh and God. it's like we want to put a time limit. It's like, oh, but my ovaries, oh, but my egg supply, oh, but my age. And it was like, okay, Abraham was over a hundred, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know. So You're like, you I'm like, okay,
0: <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> here we Love are,
2: fifty plus. <laughs> but you know, I was. It's just like without this struggle, I would not have the relationship that I have now with God. Um, It's just how I came to him. On my hands and feet, begging him because I didn't have anybody else. You know? And, you know, I'm sure that you probably found God (laughs) in your worst time because you didn't have anything else but faith and hope to hold on to. Um, I actually, like... um, this is a little off topic, but, um, you know, when I had COVID pneumonia, it was pretty awful. And, um, I couldn't speak. I was so weak and I remember just sitting in the bathtub, like steaming out my lungs every day. The only word I could speak was Jesus and I would whisper it. And I'm saying hundreds and hundreds of times, Jesus, Jesus, And I mean, that was the prayer. It was all I could get out. And the vision I had was, you know, there's that scene in the Bible where that woman who bled for 10 years, Mm -hmm. and she knew she just had to touch the hem of his garment, and she knew. So I literally just pictured that, and it was just like me sitting there. And so I go, okay, how do I put this into my fertility journey? Mm -hmm. If all I do is say, Jesus, I don't know what will be born. Something,
1: mm-hmm.
2: a relationship, a podcast, mm-hmm. a, a book. Right. I don't know. You know, I've thought about, you know, gathering stories from different women and starting a book.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but something will mm-hmm. be born from this. That's so beautiful. And taking a step back real fast, I
1: we're going to close here soon. Um, are there any ways that women, your your family, your friends could have shown up for you better? You know, so it's all about somebody gets pregnant and, you know, you have that battle, that internal battle, like you're feeling these things and you're feeling guilty for feeling these things. What could, even your friend group that kind of leaves you out, hey, you want to babysit on Friday night? What could people that haven't gone through this, what could they tangibly
2: do to show up better for somebody like you. Um, Just don't forget about us. I know it's kind of easy, like out of sight, out of mind. Life goes on. Um, For us, it feels like life stays still. Mm -hmm. Um, I tell this to Devin all the time. I feel like I'm getting older, but my life hasn't changed in a decade. Mm -hmm. And it's because I watch the world around me change, and my friends become mothers, and now their kids are teenagers, and... Mm -hmm. I just, and I get all this anxiety. And so just check in on your, on your friends, a phone call. Are they allowed to
1: bring it up? Do you want them to bring it up or would you rather not like check in and just like
2: hang out without bringing it up? Or is it healing for you? If they ask, how are you doing with it? I don't mind them bringing it up. It's kind of like when you lose a loved one Mm -hmm. and you're like, Oh, I'm sorry. I don't want to bring it up. Mm -hmm. Why? I want people to remember my, yeah. Like I'm honored that you're thinking about my loved one that passed away. So when you bring it up to me, I didn't forget that they died. You didn't like, Oh yeah. Yeah, (laughs) You know, like remind me, um, you know, I lost my dad when I was, um, 20 he committed suicide Mm -hmm. um and I had friends that would you know they would bring it up and say I'm so sorry Mm -hmm. why I'm happy that you didn't forget a lot Mm -hmm. of people you know forget um actually a friend of mine um she lost her daughter um in a tragic accident um she was ran over by an ice cream truck um When it happened, her and I were not that close. I grew up with her from grade school. I knew that I would be the person that understood her grief, different grief, but I showed up and said to her, I promise to reach out to you every single day. And I told her, I said, because from experience, people will remember for a month or two Mm -hmm. months, but then they go back to real life. Mm but your life is forever changed. Yeah. I reached out to her every day for a year. Mm-hmm. I sent her a card every year on that day or flowers as a reminder that I'm still thinking about mm-hmm. you because I think, you know, it's important for us to, we talk about the things that we love, right? Mm-hmm. And so don't, you don't, don't walk on eggshells, you know, mm-hmm. like let us vent. I mean, sometimes that's all we need right mm-hmm. we need somebody to listen to us and it's not complaining but it's it's fulfilling for us mm-hmm. you know sometimes it's better that it's not a husband who's not even in the same ballpark as our emotions you know Do you want to speak to that real quick oh yeah so I mean <laughs> Devin his he is just he's his his emotions are always you know I don't know. I mean, yeah, they're just even all the time. And, you know, obviously, as a woman, <laughs> <all> <laughs> ours, no shame. Bars ours, ours are all over the place. And, you know, he he's totally fine if we never get pregnant, which freaks me out, right? And But he finally said to me, I didn't marry you because of what you could one day give me. I chose you, right? Like, you will be my wife, whether or not we have kids. I will grow old with you, whether or not we have kids, right? And we're going to have to figure out a life without kids, which is what we're doing. And we still have no idea what that looks like. So right now, I mean, we've buried ourselves in work and trying to, you know, just do what we can to, you know, I guess while we wait. Right.
1: (laughs) I know I keep, I know you have to go. (laughs) If we have time for one more question, has there been a few things or even one thing that's been an epiphany or something that has really helped you cope along this journey or has been a game changer for
2: you? Um, it's a hard question. I think it's just knowing that God is faithful, like the same God of you know, Moses and Abraham is the same God today. Mm-hmm. Miracles are still happening. Um, I've received a few. Um, I'll, I'll go back to way back when Devin and I, um, I think we had just started dating. I I got like a bad report from the OB. They were going to do this. Um, procedure where they scraped your uterus and um you know like the side effects were you know it could cause miscarriages up to 40 percent afterwards and all this stuff but it was a necessary procedure so we had to weigh the pros and cons and um this was when we first started going to element church they had a prayer service the day before my surgery so we went and we had hands laid on me and we just prayed um and we were pretty new to like our faith journey at that time um seven and i both grew up christian and going to church we kind of stepped away and you know about a year after dating we said something was missing we started going to church that's what was missing god Mm -hmm. um so we went to this prayer journey and or this prayer service and uh they laid hands i went in for my surgery the next day. And the surgeon came in and he was white as a ghost. And he said, can I just sit down for a minute? I said, sure. (laughs) I was thinking that this is even worse than they thought. (laughs) Like they're gonna tell me we missed something like (laughs) it's cancer or something terrible. He said, I don't know what prompted me to do so, but I went back over your chart there's nothing wrong with you. And I don't know why we scheduled the surgery wow. uh, to this day. I have no idea if it was a miracle, which I will say yes. Mm-hmm. Or if he you know, was looking at someone else's chart the entire time, I have no idea. I'll take it as a gift.
0: Oh, yeah.
2: um, you know, I just two weeks ago, I was going in to have fibroids removed from my uterus. There were, you know side effects of that, and you know you could heavy bleeding and scar tissue obviously affects pregnancy and all mm-hmm. of this stuff. He went in and he found nothing. Wow. There were fibroids <laughs> no, on. Yeah. I mean, there yeah. were fibroids yeah. on the ultrasound, and he said, "I don't know." I said, "Okay." <laughs> I see those as God wings, both yeah. of
1: those. Like, come yeah. on, hey, it's yeah. a little longer, my timing.
2: Yeah. Well, and I just keep going back to what my husband says. How many more times do you need a doctor to tell you there's nothing wrong with you? Right? And mm-hmm. so it's like my faith is still, I guess, a little bit shaky. Like, And so that's something that I've been doing like a deep dive in. go because you hear that like if you have faith, as big as a mustard seed, you're like, how big is that? How much faith is required for that, (laughs) right? How big is a mustard seed? Well, when
0: you started the podcast, you said, I knew I was going to have issues. So maybe it's a mindset of believing in yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, I think you have the faith in God, for sure. That's tuned in. But maybe you need to switch over to mindset and believing in yourself and maybe sometimes i think when we put limitations on ourselves on accident or you know not meaning that um or beliefs on ourselves i mean the brain is so powerful and it can create that Mm -hmm. so maybe it is a mind over matter
2: situation and belief in you well like nikki said right like we don't need to rehash it every single day yeah bury it mm-hmm. water it with thanksgiving mm-hmm. and speak to it as if the gift is already mm-hmm. here you're mm-hmm. thanking so god it. for it already mm-hmm. and whatever happens you know yeah. like right. life is already abundant mm-hmm. right yeah. it's like the things that i've learned the people i've met the way Devin and i have gotten closer none of, none of that would have happened mm-hmm. you know yeah. um You know, with COVID, I was sharing before the podcast started, you know, I saw my friends and family struggling with their kids and school closures and, you know, just kids, kids need consistency or so I've been told. (laughs) And, you know, they were just getting none of that. And I was there for my friends and I was there for my kids. I had that time. I wouldn't have, if I was messing with, you know, my own family, Mm -hmm. you know so there are little things you know I was engaged before I met Devin um he turned out to be not the person I thought he was um maybe infertility is not such a big scary thing after all right it's like how many things has it protected me from you know I don't know he knows Mm
1: -hmm. God knows those are very great perspectives Katie thank you so much for joining us um You know in my heart of hearts i think samantha would agree you are a great speaker and maybe a podcast is in your future (laughs) to bring on other moms and to bring on treatment options and all of these things and sharing faith journey um thank you so much for joining us we really appreciate you
2: being here but last but not least what are you having for dinner tonight oh gosh so Devin and i do carnivore diets so i'm sure we'll have at least thirty grams of protein on a plate and one cup of veggies.
0: Nice, <laughs> Nikki. What are you having? <clears throat> what am know. I having? She never knows. Yes. Okay. I, I never know.
1: She is correct. <laughs> However, we have leftover deer, and we got Pitas to put the deer in. Really so, nice. yes, yeah, something along those lines. And so here's Samantha to show us both a, She has a culinary
0: degree.
2: Oh, you're not okay.
0: <laughs> Frozen pizza. <laughs>
2: Chef's kid. <laughs> <laughs> Even the chef has to order pizza every now and
0: again. Yeah, I mean, the difference between chef life and the mama. They family <laughs> They're family life. We're getting the dinner every single night. That's right. So, okay. Well, thank you so much. We appreciate you and your vulnerability.
1: Thanks for listening to another Aligned Mama podcast. We hope you found value in today's topic. For more mama resources, go to alignedmamas.com, follow us on social, and join our aligned mamas community facebook group to connect with other moms just like you
0: we'd like to hear from you have a podcast topic want to get in touch with us want to share your story as a guest email us at alignedmamas@gmail.com see, see you, you next time i can see through my feelings now
2: i can see clear through my mind in the that shut my eyes I'm not the